Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome once again to Elevation Mandra. I know uh, my wonderful wife Rachel already welcomed you, but um, as she mentioned, if I haven't met you before, my name is Marty and it's a great privilege to uh, lead this location of Elevation and uh, what a joy it is to be able to gather on this Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve morning. I realise that that's harder to say after having to say it a few times in a row over these last few weeks, but uh, it's great to have you here on Christmas Eve to celebrate, to worship God together, to enjoy each other's company and talk about uh, the greatest gift that was ever given, and that's the the gift of Jesus. And so today over these next um, few minutes, uh, I'm gonna, what I want to do is talk about a search that uh, as human beings we're all on. Now, I'm not sure about you, but uh, looking and searching and finding things is not one of my strengths. Uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, a male thing or whether it's just me, but you know, looking for stuff is not something uh, that I'm great at, particularly uh, around the house. But in fact, the only time that I'm good at looking for things is when you, um, you know, particularly look for children's items. Are there any, are there any parents that can, that can relate to that? Um, I, I'm pretty good at looking for kids' things, probably because they're so bad. But anyway, um, I, I'm sure you can relate if you're a parent here. For us, most of the time, it's looking for shoes. That's the things that, that, that go missing. And so the usual thing is, you know, have you tried all your options? Is it in your cupboard? Is it at the front door? Is it at the side door? The shoes are never at the back door in our house because the dog would chew them. Are they in the garage? And so when they actually look there, it's like, oh, amazing. They're somewhere where I said they might have been. And so I'm really good at finding things when it's like that um, because I'm comparing to an eight-year-old boy, a preteen and a teenage girl. And so so I'm pretty good when when it comes to that. But most of the other times, I'm not so great. Um, but who knows that there's a greater search than shoes or wallets or keys or phones or you know that random piece of good china that you're still searching for at the moment because you've got people coming over tonight. You're like, where did I put that platter from last year's Christmas? It must be, must be somewhere here. But there's a, there's a bigger search that we're all on. And uh, there's, a, there's a portion in the Bible uh, in a book in the Old Testament called Ecclesiastes. And, and the author of this is a very... He's a powerful, wealthy man. He has everything that should fulfill him, yet he's still not content. And so he's, he's questioning everything about life, about work, about, you know, what's the point of existence, all this, all this sort of stuff. And then uh, in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11, it says this, it'll be on the, on the screen behind me there. It says, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's Word from beginning to end. It's the phrase that jumps out to me from that part is, He has planted eternity in the human heart. And it's true no matter what century or whatever season we're in, that He has planted eternity in our hearts. Writing, writing many years later, but still 1,600 years before us, St. Augustine said this, he said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest 
in you. So that was true 1,600 years ago. Fast forward to today, and as humanity, we're still trying to find rest. We're trying to find and fill that eternal shaped hole in our, in our being, in our, in our souls, with all the you know, technological advances and what we know about the world and scientific discoveries and connection across the globe. You would have thought we would have discovered it by now, yet we still haven't. We still haven't been able to solve this issue. And during this time, uh, particularly at Christmas, we see this search, uh, maybe even more, maybe it's even more prevalent. Uh, people talk about the, you know, the searching for you know, the spirit of Christmas or the Christmas magic. You know, they're just looking for, for something to maybe give a, uh, you know, a couple of days to bring a sense of you know, fulfilment and rest. And we see this played out in, um, in many Christmas movies. Who, who loves Christmas movies here? A few people. Rachel loves Christmas movies. I like good Christmas movies. Rachel will watch any Christmas movie. B grade, C grade, T grade. Netflix are just like, we need more content. So I was like, H grade. You know, she's like, no, no, if it's a Christmas movie, I'm into it. Our, our personal favourite one um, is, is Home Alone. Number one, of course, just slightly better than number two. I know this is not very uh, pastor family-like, but our favourite line from the movie is, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. If you don't know the movie, watch it. It'll make sense. Otherwise, you're like, wow, this place, this place is strange. But anyway, um, here's a... Um, is it a good thing that our eight-year-old knows that by memory? Anyway, moving on. Okay, so um, there's a few Christmas movies and, or well, a lot actually, but here's a few examples. And, and this is how they tell us that you can get the Christmas magic. Now, this is someone else's comments, not, not mine. And also there's probably some spoilers in here. Uh, so the first movie is this elf who likes the movie Elf. Yeah, Will Ferrell or Chad Smith, we're not quite sure. Anyway, um, so Elf says, um, sing Christmas songs loud for all to hear and you'll power Santa's sleigh and you'll find the Christmas magic that way. Sorry for the spoiler if you haven't seen it. Well, what about this one? Who knows this movie, The Christmas Story? If we can flick that one up. Yeah, A Christmas Story. Who's seen this? No one? All right. Okay, get ready to get spoiled. Here it goes. This is what it tells you. It tells you to remember being a kid at Christmas and then you'll find the Christmas magic. Side note, there's probably about 500 Christmas movies about that. But that's, you know, that's how you get the Christmas magic. What, what about this one, Jingle All The Way? Who's, who's, seen, who's seen this one? The Governator, right there. Um, this movie tells us, be a good dad, find the perfect gift, and you'll find the Christmas magic. That's, that's, that's how it works in Jingle All The Way. What about this one, The Holiday? Uh, this one's a little bit sadder. Um, who knows this movie? This one, this one says, oh, yeah, we've got some hands from that one. Good, I'm about to slaughter it, so enjoy. This one says, hook up with a stranger as sad and lonely as you, and you'll find the Christmas magic. <laughs> uh, remember someone else's comments, not mine. Not mine. But, but as we've been looking at during the month of December, uh, there were wise men around the birth of Christ, uh, known as Magi, uh, from the East, and they were searching as well. They were searching as well. We heard a little bit about them in the first video, but I'd love to show you this uh, video number two, which tells us a little bit more about this story, if we can throw that one up. Far in the East, there lived some wise and wealthy magi 
Magi were wise men, astronomers, philosophers and advisors. They loved to study the stars. These men were as powerful and as wise as you could find on Earth. Night by night, they would look up to the heavens, mapping the constellations that filled the sky. But one night was different. On this particular night, a new star had risen. A beautiful star shining ever so bright. A star that refused to fade. What could this mean, they began to wonder. They had heard prophecies from a land called Israel told centuries before foretelling the arrival of the Messiah. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. Was this confirmation of a prophecy? The wise men journeyed to meet King Herod of Judea, believing the Judean leaders were no more. They asked, Where is the king of the Jews? For we have come to worship him. They told the king of the new brilliant star they had found. Herod was intrigued. The wise men noticed an odd fascination with his child to be born. They did not know that King Herod, thrilled by this news, gathered his advisors in secret to plot Jesus' assassination. Herod lied to the wise men, telling them if they found Jesus, to send word so he could worship him too. This Messiah was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem, and as the wise men left Herod's palace, the star that appeared led them onwards on their journey. They wondered, what motivated the king's fixation on the child? What was the reason for this powerful ruler's interest in an infant? Could this be another sign of this child's importance? One of the wise men wondered, have we misread the stars? Another questioned. Is this star really leading us to Israel's saviour, or are we on a fool's errand? He asked. In all our time studying the stars, seeking knowledge and wisdom, we have never come across a sign like this before, and we will be fools not to seek it out. The Magi Pools, considering their journey so far, they had heard these stories, read these prophecies before, but this experience was different. This child could be more than a king. This star could lead them to something more. They continued to wonder. So what we just saw was taken from the Bible, Matthew chapter 2, in fact. And it says, uh, in verse 2 of Matthew 2, it says that the wise men ask, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? You see, this journey of these wise men, these magi discovering Jesus, starts with a question. And it starts with these wise men from the east wondering what the star could mean. I'm not sure what your God or church or Jesus experience is here. Maybe you're here every week or maybe you just came with a friend or maybe you just came along and thought, you know, well, it's Christmas. I might, I might come to church. But however you came here, when it comes to faith, we tend to think that questioning and wondering as being negative things. Yet here we find these wise men full of questions, not necessarily answers. You see, this Christmas season, to find the true Christmas magic, instead of you know, seeing carols loud to panda, to panda, that's so good, to power Santa's sleigh, or instead of, you know, hooking up with a stranger sad and lonely as you or whatever, um, this Christmas season to find the true magic and spirit of Christmas, one that doesn't dissipate once the food is gone or evaporate once the public holidays are over, we must start with questions. You don't have to start with answers. We can start with wonder, not knowing 
all the answers. You see, there's many people in this world that are living out their daily lives, going to work, getting paid, spending more than they earn, waiting for the weekend and hoping the weekend's enough to, to, to get them through, longing to be somewhere else, anywhere else than where they are now. They're doing all these things, yet they have no questions or no wonder. They just think that's, you know, I'm just on the grind. I'm just doing, I'm just doing the thing. I'm just raising a family. I'm just making money. I'm just saving for a house. I'm just renovating my house. I'm just doing, you know, what, whatever it is. But you heard in the story that the wise men go to this ruler, Herod, to find out where the new king was to be born. And so Herod, like it said, gathers the you know, smart leaders of the time and they talk to the Magi about this prophecy, the wise men. And it's interesting that these, these smart people that Herod brings around, they actually have exactly the same information as the wise men. In fact, they actually have a little bit more insight because they're the ones who gave it to them. But they don't have questions. They don't have any wonder. And so they miss the gift of Jesus. And so maybe you're here this morning and you're wondering about Jesus, wondering if this Jesus is true, wondering if, you know, with everything that's going on, is this, is this maybe there's something more to life, maybe there's something greater than what I'm living for right now. You know, is there a God? And if there is, does He, does he even give a rip or, or care about me? And, you know, what about all the bad things that happen to good people? And, and can I say to you that these are all questions and questions are okay. We can wonder about these things because our questions, we hope, are leading us somewhere. And I can tell you what, that questioning is so much better than just being completely oblivious to what God is doing in the world. And so we're going to look at the final part of this video. Then I've got a couple of, uh, a couple of things to share with you. And then we're going, to, we're going to wrap up this morning. I'd love you to keep thinking about that, that wonder and questioning. So if we can show video number three, that would be amazing. Thanks. The star stopped moving and came to rest above a simple stable. The wise men stood still, frozen for a moment, overwhelmed with joy and wonder as they had arrived at the end of their journey. The star had led them, though, to a simple stable. Not a palace, nor a royal hall. Eager to know more, they rushed inside. A divine mystery hidden for many, many years unwrapped before their very eyes. Ancient prophecies fulfilled, supernatural signs, a child born of a virgin, Jesus Christ. Surely this is the king of the Jews. The Magi were wise, philosophers, men of science, yet this miraculous journey culminated in a prize that was not knowledge or information, but personal revelation. This child born unto the world was divine and wondrous. They lavished him with gifts, gold to symbolize his royalty, frankincense for his divinity, and myrrh as a symbol of his forecoming death. Unbeknownst to the wise man, these gifts would symbolize Jesus' existence on earth, from his life to his sacrifice on the cross. His wholeness of God and humanity in one, that he would be not only the savior of Israel, but of all mankind. The Magi were warned in a heavenly dream to not return to Herod, for his true intentions were not honourable. Their discovery and personal revelation of Jesus had left them changed. They couldn't go back to Herod. They knew that this child was special, and that they had to obey. Their hearts forever changed, they made their way onwards. We will return on another path. Avoiding Herod's spies, the Magi returned to their country, filled with personal revelation and wonder and joy at this child born unto us, Emmanuel light 
of the world. You see, these wise men, they, they journeyed and they started with questions, but then they continued with guidance. They, they, they were guided by a star. They followed the star and it brought them to the place of Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't know what brought you here this morning. Probably not a star since it's obviously pretty bright outside. But we've spoken to many people who have just been driving past the building and, and felt this, this sense just to, just to come in. They were, they were guided by something that was bigger than themselves. Maybe that's you today. I, I've met people who've had uh, specific you know, circumstances occur in their life, maybe a time of grief or heartache, maybe a new season, maybe children coming along or getting married or becoming an empty nester or retirement. And something about those circumstances has guided them to this point of decision about Jesus Christ. But without a doubt, can, can I say the most common guidance is usually a person. More impressive than a star, more compelling than a circumstance than a circumstance is seeing, experiencing a person that has discovered Jesus Christ and has been changed by his power. You know, notice that the wise men from the east, they were guided, guided, sorry, by something that was familiar to them. Stars. And we're often guided and brought near to God by someone who is familiar to us. There's probably people here sitting here this morning and you're thinking, oh, I know exactly who that is. Or I know exactly you know, who multiple of those people are. And suddenly you're thinking, oh, okay, that's why I came this morning. Because this person invited me or there's this person at work that just seems different and I found out they followed Jesus. So I thought maybe I should check out this whole, whole Jesus thing. You, you know, for me, it was, it was two people that guided me to find Christ. Uh, first one was my mum. Thanks, mum. The second one was uh, my first youth pastor, a guy by the name of Aaron. Now, I, I saw my mum's life and not only did she take myself and my two younger brothers to church each week, but I saw the difference in her life. I, I saw the peace that she held no matter what was going on. I saw an inner strength that was beyond her own ability. Uh, I saw that you know, she, she carried a joy when there shouldn't have been joy. There, there was something about her life. And, and my first youth pastor, a guy called Aaron, showed me that you could be a young person and, and followed Jesus even when it felt like the rest of your high school wasn't or the, you know, everyone else was going, was going a different way. Who, who, who was it for you? Who was the guide for you? And if you're here and have already discovered Christ, can I encourage you that you can be that guide for others. You can show them the way. You can live a life that not just talks, but, but shows the love and the hope and the joy of Jesus. And so this morning, as we wrap up, maybe Luke can come and join me on the guitar. Um, I, I want to encourage you that we can learn from these magi. We can learn from these wise men from the East. Um, they started their journey with questions. They continued their journey to Christ with guidance, and then they finished their journey in worship. 
You see, that's really the, the question at the end of all this traveling, of, of all this journey, is will you accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God? Will you accept that He sacrificed and laid down His life for you? Do you accept Him as King, Saviour and Lord? Because that's the discovery that fills the eternal ache in our souls, to be in a relationship with our Creator, Father God, through His Son, Jesus. And so this morning, I come back to the quote we used right near the start of this message from Augustine. Remember, he said, You have made us for Yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in You. Until they rest in You. And so this morning on this journey of discovery, journey of finding Christ, I'd, I'd love to invite you in a moment, we're going to take a, going to take a minute to pray. And, and maybe you're here and you came with family or you came with friends or like I said, you were just walking past or it was Christmas time, so you thought, you know what, maybe, maybe, I'll, come to, maybe I'll come to church. But however you made it here, I want to encourage you that to have questions and wonder about who Jesus is. And then to be guided by someone or, or, or something to, to make a journey towards Christ. And then always that question is, will you worship Him? Will you say, you know what, God, I believe that. I will not find true rest in who I truly am until I find that in you. And so this morning, I'd love you to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes. We're going we're gonna to pray. Jesus, we thank you for every single person here. We thank you for your power and your strength and your purpose over their lives. And right now, this Christmas, Lord, we thank you that we have questions, that we wonder. And God, we know that that ultimately leads to you. And so this morning, maybe you're here just as heads are still bowed, eyes are still closed. And you've never made a decision to to worship God, to say, yes, I believe in the Son of God. I, I believe that He gave His life for me and so I'm going to lay down my life for Him. Maybe you've never done that before or maybe you have done that. Uh, maybe it was a while ago and something's come to bring a disconnect there. Then I'd encourage you this morning, in a moment we're going to pray, but so that you can have that point of decision, that line in the sand. Sometimes it's always good to do something physical when we make a decision like this. If that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, you know what, I'm making a decision this morning to give my life to Jesus Christ. Is there someone like that who wants to say yes to Jesus, wants to lift their hand and say, you know what, I'm going to live my life for Jesus. Yeah, I see that hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. Good on you, mate. You can put it back down. Is there someone else? Is there someone else who wants to join this person in making a decision for Jesus? We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Church, I'd love us to pray together. Would you uh, repeat after me and, and pray out loud? Would you pray, dear Jesus, this morning I give my life to you. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you and I'm going, going to allow your love, your grace and your forgiveness to fill me. Thank you, Jesus.